how to build a million dollar network through your podcast. All right, so in this episode, me and the guests will be going deep into the strategy to get top influencers to notice you. Okay, so we want them to notice us, right? We don't just want them, we don't just want to follow them, right? Okay, so we want them to notice us and even better, do a collaboration with them, okay? It could be about doing a live video together or doing a JV partner with them, right? And in this case, being a guest on your show, right? So the good part about having them on your show is your status will be increased. I mean, people will see you as an expert because you are standing side by side with them, right? I mean, not literally standing, but you know what I mean, right? Standing side by side with them. So by the end of this episode, you will discover how to get top influencers contact info so you can just contact with them directly. Oh, that, that's powerful, right? And second one is the strategy to get big influencers to come on your show. This is a really great strategy that you are going to learn today. And the third one is how to maintain relationship with them so you can leverage it over and over and over again. Oh my goodness, that is so awesome. So anyway, just to let you know, this is the first part series of building a million dollar network through your podcast. So if you want to get the next part, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast, okay? There's a cute little button that you have to click. It's called subscribe or follow, right? It's, it's very awesome. It's a cute button. <laughs> okay, anyway. So today's guest is Jeremy Ryan Slade. He is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, a show to help people create life on their own terms at a world-class level. He studied literature at Oxford University and is a former champion powerlifter turned new media entrepreneur. He and his wife founded a company called Common Your Brand Media to help entrepreneurs hone their message and impact thousands with the power of storytelling. Wow, that's a that's a good intro, right? Alright, subscribe to this podcast. Okay, have you subscribed to it yet? Alright, anyway, let's begin. So the real question is this, how would an entrepreneur like us, who literally start from nothing or has limited resources and yet still wants to build an empire, join Usheroff as he answers this big question so you can apply it too. Welcome to Focus on Winning. Hey Jeremy, welcome to the Focus on Winning a Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm stoked to be hanging out with you today. <laughs> you know, I, I've been looking for so long for this interview because, you know, especially uh, you have been crushing it in a podcasting space and you have a lot of incredible guests I see in your podcast. So really applaud you for that. And, and you know, you, you got Russell Brunson, you got Grant Cardone. <laughs> that that was amazing. it's been a busy, it's been a busy couple of years man <laughs> oh wow and the funny thing is actually russell is is also on my list and i you know i i want to interview him too hopefully i can get them i, I can get him sooner <laughs> so so since we are going to talk about things that are related to podcasts so how about what really inspired you to start a podcast um, I failed at a lot of different things, man. Um, like we were kind of talking about before we got started here. Um, I'm a super nerd. So my master's is in ancient history. Um, I studied how the Roman emperor convinced people he was God. And that's what my master's thesis was in. And uh, I 
came out of that. And then in, uh, I was teaching high school in 2011, 2012. And then, um, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke and I went through a lot of different things. Like I was, uh, the first thing I jumped into was network marketing. Um, then after that I went into, um, life insurance then I was selling products on Amazon. So I was doing like a lot of different things that didn't work. And eventually I had been like a podcast listener since like 2007 when it was still like a lot of like audiobooks in the private public domain and stuff like that. So I was like, hey, let me try starting a podcast. And the first one I started was called uh, Rock Your Life. It was absolutely horrible because I was kind of like this like life coachy type thing, which I'm the furthest thing from. Um, <laughs> so it just it wasn't very good. The audio quality was horrible. So it just overall wasn't very good for anybody. It lasted about 60 days. We quit after, you know, after that. And I had like, I think barely 100 listens. And uh, that was in 2014. And then in 2015, I'm like, you know, what? let's try this again. And let's really do it the right way. So I looked at like, what was missing? Well, you know, I needed better audio production. I needed better guests. I needed better interview skills myself. And mm-hmm. it was November 2015, uh, November 20th, actually. So we're a few days, we're about three days from my, my five year anniversary as we're recording this, um, that I launched Create Your Own Life. Oh, this, this is your uh, fifth anniversary, you say? Yeah, in three days, it'll be my fifth anniversary. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully it's not too late to say congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what? How, how podcasting has changed your life? Well, I, I guess like just looking back at it, you know, kind of where we started, like, you know, I was doing a lot of different things that didn't work. You know what I mean? And, and um, teaching my couple years out of grad school, like I wasn't super happy. And mm-hmm. I, it's funny because I feel like you, you're, you're a student. So you, the natural thing seems to go be going to teaching and it's just, it's not the same, right? Because it's a different flow. You go from teaching, you know, learning to teaching and it just, I didn't fit there. And in the podcast, it was kind of a really good space for me because it let me be the student again, right? Like it let me learn right along with the person listening. So, you know, like it really changed my life. It allowed me to do what I was really good at and build a business and a life around it. And it's, it's been cool, man. Like I've, I've spoken, I think in, you know, five different countries. Um, I've, you know, we're in the process of writing a book, which has been incredible as well. So it's been a really, really awesome experience and it's totally changed my life. Oh, wow. That's, that's inspiring. And what, what, what was the one thing you're good at? You say in terms of like interviewing or in, in what way? Uh, you said something about you. It's it's great to be a student again, and you want yeah. to do something that you are really gr- good at. So, yeah. what was the the thing that you are you were good at? So, I, I'm basically I'm I, I like to say I'm a not a, a an avid learner. I'm like a rabid learner. Like I really I really enjoy learning and, and taking in new information, and that's mm. what like hosting a podcast has really allowed me to do. It's allowed me to talk to lots and lots of incredible people. And learn from them and spend time with them. And just that wasn't going to be an option based on what else I was doing. So it's really interesting because it's let me be the ultimate student, but at the same time, mm-hmm. help a lot of people doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that uh, part of inter- of the podcasting too, because, you know, as as I'm doing right now, I, I, I want to learn from you about this topic. So... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's uh, that's a really great thing in a podcast. Okay, uh, what really changed in your life? You said you you become a student, and yeah. how has that uh, you know maybe changed your life or maybe your business? Well, I didn't have a business before that, so so it kind of changed that as well. You know what I mean? So it's like it's literally uh, changed everything, including my life trajectory and like you know where I was going with that. Like um, I was teaching in private school at, at 24. Like I wasn't super oh. happy doing it. 
So I never thought in a million years, like kind of where I am now, like, you know, running a company with an awesome team and, and, you know, a podcast where I'm talking to lots and lots of incredible people that just was never really in the cards for me. So it's, you know, it's, it's hard to point to one thing that changed because literally like I'm living a different life um, than I was, you know, a little over five years ago. So it's, it's hard to point to one thing because it's been, been like a total life change and shift. So, so it was a really great five years of uh, transformational life, I see, because you were into powerlifter before. And... Oh, I still am. <laughs> oh, wow. I, no st- I still, still am. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> All right. So I actually, you know... so that's what I was doing right before you and I started talking here is I had my, my morning workout. <laughs> really? <laughs> you, you went to the gym before? Oh yeah, man. I got, I got to get pumped up. You know, I'm going to be hanging out with you. I got to be make sure I'm making sure I'm like ready to go. That was cool. <laughs> no, no wonder you stay fit, man. I, 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 really <laughs> hope, I, I really hope that lasts very long. Yeah. That muscle there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as you know, we are going to talk about building a million dollar network through a podcast. So yeah. first off, Jeremy, I want to know your views uh, your, your definition about a million dollar network. What what do you mean by what so do you mean I'm, by I'm, that? And I, and I guess you could look at it as a multi million dollar network, right? Because the, the the value is a lot more than people think. You're right. Because I think when people do anything, they're like, all right, so I need to get like one sale, or I need to get like one whatever it may be. But actually, the connections you're making and the people you're connecting with are way more valuable um, in the long term, right? So it's like, you know, like a, a great example of that is that I spoke in uh, Kiev, Ukraine last year. Um, which was a very cool opportunity, not an opportunity that I like reached out to get or, or anything like that, but I got it because of the podcast. So it was an opportunity that came to me because of that. So like when you are, you know, in the podcast space and creating content in that way, like you're setting yourself up for a lot of incredible things, business wise, life wise and networking wise, um, that would really just not be available to your average person because you have a platform and you have a place that you're connecting with people. So I look at it as like an incredible networking tool. Um, really because like, you know, for you or I, like if we didn't have a podcast, like, you know, why would people of of name like hang out with us? You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's really kind of gives us this platform where we can really connect with people, but at the same time, we can also teach other people from that. So you have this incredible networking tool. And that's why I look at kind of the podcast as really the center of everything. That's cool. And, you know, you, you say that you got to speak in the event. How, how do you manage to get speak on stage? So it was just one of those things where I had a great guest. Um, we really connected and he goes, hey, you know, I had this event going on. Um, I'd love you to, you know, we'll fly you in. We'll put you up in a hotel. And I'd, I'd love you for, to, to speak to, to our people here. Um, so I got to speak in front of a few thousand, you know, in front of like a thousand people in Ukraine, which is pretty cool. Um, but I've also, you know, like I've flown all across South America and I've spoken like, um, you know, I did th- a 30 gig speaking tour in uh, Peru, wow. which is pretty incredible. So like a lot of this stuff, like were it not for the people that, you know, you're connecting with, you know what I mean? Because you spend like 30, 45 minutes with somebody or whatever it is on a podcast and you mm. really connect with them, right? Like you really, you know, have some like good friendship vibes going on, I guess is the easy way to say it. So like it kind of you kind of see where people fit and you're like, oh, my gosh, you would be great on my stage. I'd love to make that happen. So like a lot of stuff like that has really just been from genuinely connecting with people as an interviewer and, you know, genuinely, um, you know, wanting to make some cool things happen. 
you know, uh, before we get connected with them, we need to kind of like reach out to them first. And that's kind of like, that's kind of the hard part because yeah, especially for, for someone who is starting out. So, you know, how, like, like I mentioned earlier, you have reached out to Grant Cardone, you reach out to Seth Godin, Russell Brunson. So how do you reach out to them? Well, it's it's interesting because it's like I, I think one of the things that a lot of people do incorrectly when they're reaching out to podcast guests is they think too small to start out with. And what I mean is they look at it and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, Russell Brunson would never spend time with me or Grant Cardone would never spend time with me. So because of that, when they start out, they they start out with a, a goal to speak to those people, but they don't really like target it. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I heard you say earlier, you have a list. Um, mm-hmm. which that's kind of the first step where a lot of people don't have. So, you know, like, dude, more power to you for having a list because it's really, really important. So like when I started out, I made a list of the top 100 people I most admired. And, you know, you have to realize is like, you know, some of those took me three years to get, some of them took me four years to get, um, some of them I'm still working on, man, and I'm going to be working for quite a long time. Um, <laughs> but you have to understand like that list is something that, you know, is really going to, uh, you know, help you kind of target things out in the right way. So I, I, I do it in Google Drive. I do like a Google sheet and I have um, a few columns. The first one is the name of the person. The first one is their contact information. And then like, maybe they're not the right person to talk to to interview them. So I have like, who's the person on their team, their contact information. And then I'm also dating out like, you know, when was the last time they were spoken to? Um, because a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of times, like you'll reach out and you'll just hear nothing back, right? Or you'll reach out and they'll say, not now. So I'm putting there like the last time I spoke to them and the last response I got. So that way I know like, hey, if they didn't say anything, I'm going to follow up with them again in a month. If they gave me a date to follow up with them, I'm going to follow up with them on that date. So it's allowed me to really, you know, kind of run that process. And that's kind of step one is like knowing how you're going to reach out and how you're going to do it. But the other part is like, ooh, I'm talking a little faster. I got to slow down. Uh, (laughs) I got to catch my breath here, man. Um, You know, the the, the first part is kind of like knowing then like how to actually contact those people. So there's a few different ways that I've done it. Um, You know, originally before I knew there were tools for this, I would try different like email combinations. Like I would try and guess people's emails. I'd be like, uh, grant at grantcardone.com. Email bounce back. I'd be like, I guess that's not true. Um, So I would try like different it, it may sound crazy, man, but it's what I initially did. I would like try and like figure out people's emails. And I, I actually, if it was like their first name and their last name or like an initial and a last name, I had a pretty good rate. Um, wow. But then I found out there was a tool called hunter.io and oh, yeah. um, hunter.io. You can put it in any website and it'll tell you um, like existing emails at that site. So you can kind of like reach out and connect with those people that way. Um, yeah. There's also another great tool that I've used before as well. It's called rocket reach. I think it's .co. Um, and you can actually search somebody by name and they'll let you know like what contact information exists for them. It's like kind of like a giant online database. Um, and then that was kind of like what got me started. And that's how I got like a lot of the initial reach outs and a lot of the initial contacts and stuff like that. And then I'd say probably like two years or, or more into the game, um, I realized like, hey, when you want to speak to higher level people, there's kind of a little bit of a different way to connecting with them, right? Because you're either not going to get them or an assistant, you've got to get like their PR person, or you've got to get their publicist, or you've got to get, you know, their manager. So I learned a little bit more in that space. And I've learned that there's like a hierarchy, right? Meaning that Mm -hmm. if you can get the person, you always have the best shot, you know, and as you go outside of that, like I look at it like a circle, right? So like in the middle is the person, if you can get them, you got it. As you come further out, 
Um, the next closest person to get them is going to be their assistant. Like, let's say they have a personal assistant that like handles their emails and stuff like that. That's the second one you're going to go to. As the circle widens, the next person you can go out to is their PR person, their publicist, because that person is responsible for like getting them media, right? Like that's the person that kind of monitors a lot of that stuff. And if that doesn't work, as you go further out, you can look at um, their manager and um, their manager is going to be the person that like, you know, maybe manages their different parts of their business, maybe manages their public image, but you're going to have less of a chance getting that person. And then as you go further out from that, that's really kind of the last chance you're going to have because one of the mistakes I made is there's kind of this whole other realm called the speaker booking like world and what that means is like you know let's say you're going to be a speaker you go out and you hire you know ABC uh, agency and what they do is they go out and they book you on stages so uh, when they get an inbound request they're going to tell somebody it costs money so I, I I once reached out to I think it was Darren Hardy from Success Magazine. They're like, yeah, it's twenty thousand dollars to interview him. I'm like, whoa! Oh. Um, but that's because I, I I contacted the speaker agency, not realizing like that's how it works. So you never want to go through a speaker agent to get an interview. Is kind of like what I learned there. Um, so then, like when I wanted to get some of those contacts, a really good way to do that I found is something called Contact Any Celebrity. I think it's dot com. And what happens is you can go in there and you can find like different contact information for some of the people we just discussed and whatnot. And it's going to kind of really like help you set it up in the right way. Mm, so most of the time you just reach out to them by email or initially. Yeah. And then, but then what I would do as well is like cold calling and stuff like that. Um, and that was like really, really helpful too. Um, because, you know, email just like you may just continue to get no responses. So if there's a phone number, that's always going to give mm. you like a better way to do it. But the thing I found is a lot of these like high end people, there is no phone contact for them. So just like email was kind of a lot of times the only way I did branch out to like as my social media following grew, I was able to start using some of those accounts because, you know, they look large enough where people are like, oh, that that may be interesting. or That person may be legit. And that was um, something I've started using, I guess, probably in the last year and a half, I would say. Oh, OK, that's that's quite amazing. And <laughs> and. Have you uh, so so you reach out to them by email and do you yeah. reach out to them by from their manager first and then reach out to them after that? So I kind of like go for what I can ever I can get a response with. You know what I mean? Like like you kind of reach oh. out, you get nothing or you get an auto response. Like you try one for a while, right? And if it doesn't work, and like all right, maybe I'll try their publicist and see what's going on there. So you mm. kind of keep working it until you get a response somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, oh, um, it's okay. not, there's not really like a magic formula to it, but it's like you kind of keep working one level to get to the next level to get to the next level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what was the 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 hardest process you ever done to to get one person on your show? Maybe something that involved so sending uh, physical product. <laughs> No. So, you know, it's just one that took a long time. Um, like, so like Dave Asprey from Bulletproof Radio, I had on the show. Um, it took three, it took th- three years or two years. Init- I think two and a half years initially to like oh. get the, Hey, yes, let's do this. Um, but then what happened was they're like, yes, let's do this. It then took a year of going back and forth to like actually get the actual, st- actual date set. So like, we were talking about it when I was in the 300s. And by the time it got published, I was in the 500s. You know what I mean? So mm. it's like, like also, I think that lead time can be a lot longer than people think as well, because they're like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I got a yes. Let's get this up as soon as possible. And it's like, at the same time, busy people are really busy. So it could take a while to get in touch with them. That's, that's nice. And have you, have you spent money to get uh, any person on your show? Never. I've never, I've never paid money for a guest. 
Nice. Oh, that's that's impressive because I thought you you spend any because yeah. all, a lot of your a lot of your guests are actually incredible and yeah. and that was <laughs> quite surprising. You you didn't spend a dime. <laughs> well, not not for like not for like real media. You don't pay for. You know what I mean? Because it kind of changes the flow of the whole thing if people are paying for it. Um, in terms like like in from the standpoint of like so like I run a PR agency and then people pay us to like do the work for them and get them booked on stuff. So like in in the PR world, that's normal. But a lot of times, unless somebody's doing like a a like featured speaking gig, they're usually not going to get paid for the speaking gig. You know what I mean? So it's like that's mm. if if you're kind of you know growing your show, you're kind of getting the right people on, like getting the right positioning and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's a process, and it's definitely going to take some time, but you can work towards it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And okay, so let's say if, if uh, we already got you know someone like Russell Brunson on our show, and we yeah kind of like interview them and then uh, and then after the interview we kind of like uh we don't get to talk to, to him anymore and since we are trying to build a million dollar network yeah we want to stay in touch with them always so mm-hmm. how, how how do you you know stay stay connected with them with your guests yeah so so in part of that uh, and that's a really great question by the way nobody's ever asked me that question but it's it's one that makes oh. <laughs> sense is you know like figuring out how to continue that in a, in a way that makes sense right because a lot of times they don't run their social media they don't run their their email and stuff like that so it could be like you know mailing stuff to um you know their their place of work like you know maybe send them something cool or something like that like to me that's been the best way to keep in touch with people like i had a guest one time um i collect old and rare books it's a weird thing I do. Like I collect stamps too. Um, don't get, even get me started. Um, but like I had a uh, 1916 copy of the collected works of GK Chesterton. Um, one of my previous guests that, you know, is like super famous um, and doesn't really manage his own media and stuff like that. Um, I sent him a book and I sent him that book and um, it was something that he really enjoyed. So then we got, I got his personal email and we were able to connect that way. So it's kind of like figuring out how you can continue to build that relationship and put yourself in situations where you can connect with them. Cause a lot of times they don't, like you said, they don't run their email. They don't run their social media and stuff like that. So it's figuring out how you can creatively, um, you know, using traditional mail, um, kind of get in front of them. But that's the thing people don't think of. So, so sending physical stuff, um, yeah, that that may be requires some money. But how about something? Well, yeah, that that's definitely require requires some money. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and something think... that doesn't require money, um, smoke signals. Other than other than that, man, like if you're gonna really <laughs> follow up with somebody, like it's 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 definitely gonna cost you something, especially if they're like you know a little bit more famous, right? Because there are a yeah. lot of those barriers there. Yeah. So kind of in that way, the the you know the the paid campaign or or whatever is kind of the thing that allows you to outcreate that. Um, but there's really honestly no free way to keep up with people that are really, you know, doing big things. Mm. And, and I believe that's that, uh, method that you uh, are doing, uh, is, is similar to the term that has been thrown out there. I think it's dream 100. Have you family? With yes. That? So I yeah. didn't, it's funny. Cause, um, you're talking about the Chet Holmes dream, dream 100. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Cause I was like, so like new to internet marketing and all that kind of stuff when I started this podcast that like I didn't know that was a thing so I'm like all right I'm just gonna list out 100 people I'll be honest with you I burned out by about 96 so there was only like 96 people on that list and once I got to like 50 I really started running out of names so what I did is I went to Amazon and I looked for people that were writing books on different topics and I added them to my list Um, but by about Mm -hmm. 96 I'm like all right well that's probably a good number so I didn't quite get to 100 but I got darn close (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that's actually pretty a good number for me. <laughs> it's it's a bigger the number than most people will think with. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, there you go. The first part series of building a million dollar network through your podcast. So on the next part, we'll be talking about how to make partnership with high-level people when you start from nothing, how having a million-dollar network can amplify your business, how to leverage the network with the guests so they always want to work with you, okay? So if you want the next part delivered right into your podcast platform, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast, okay? And when you click that button, okay, when you click that subscribe or follow button, you will discover more about how to use social media for your business, how to create content the right way so you can always sell to your audience with your content, okay? How to craft the message. That's the that's the most important part in social media. So click that button, click that subscribe or follow button, okay? And if you want to know how to craft the right message to them, make sure to visit bit.ly slash client for you. That's bit.ly slash client for you. And if you don't know the spelling, the link is in the description below. Alright, so always remember that winners focus on winning. Until then, stay winning. Hey, thank you for listening. We hope you can implement everything from this episode. And would you like to know more about business strategies and life hacks that you can apply right now? If so, subscribe to this podcast so you can become the best you.